I'm Dan Casper, and welcome to the Man Cave Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to talking about, well, a lot of things, mostly sports, mixed in with some other entertaining, interesting, unplugged, and unfiltered conversations. We'll debate, banter, analyze, and have some fun conversations that make you think and laugh. I'll be your host guiding each episode, and occasionally we'll have some guests with me. So kick back and join in on the latest conversations going on in the man cave. So let's do it. Let's get this episode started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Dan Casper here. Appreciate you tuning in. If you are a regular listener to the Man Cave Podcast, appreciate the support and uh, well, giving us another listen. And if you're a newbie, first time you're dropping by the pod, welcome, and uh, hopefully we can make you a regular listener to the podcast. Don't forget, subscribe for free to the Man Cave Podcast on your favorite podcasting platforms, literally like everywhere, iTunes, Spotify, you know, Google Stitcher, you know, just name it. We're there. Amazon, heck, we're over over there even. So, uh, don't forget to hit the like buttons, follow buttons, five star ratings. However, however your ratings and reviews go for your particular podcasting platform. Uh, we got a got a couple things lined up for this episode of the podcast. Uh, we're gonna talk a little Brady coming up here, goat status. I, you know, kind of was talking a little bit about it on the on the radio show. And, uh, on my radio show and, and just you know kind of looking back at Brady's legacy and and for and maybe it, it's it's particularly you know it, it depends on the, the 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 area that people live in or you know their favorite teams and, and that sort of thing and how they view Brady but you, you kind of look at his history and in his career and there's so many different layers so many different chapters to this thing that I kind of want to talk it out here a little bit and kind of break it down if you will uh and then you know a lot of people have been asking me about uh getting back into the game getting back into the game of card collecting i was went to a card shop uh, a few days ago hit up a card show in our local mall and uh gotta tell you i got the itch and i'm gonna scratch it but not in the way that i think the collecting game is going right now Kind of more towards what I did as a kid. I'll explain that uh, coming up in uh, in the second part of the of the podcast here. So, uh, but you know, I, I just want to I want to kick it off. Want to kick off the, this podcast talking uh, a little bit about Brady, with him calling it a career. Twenty two seasons. I'll be thirty six in a couple months. Brady played twenty two years. You guys can do the math. He. Uh, he was a rookie in 2000. I was a freshman in high school. Yeah, he was drafted when I was in eighth grade, but obviously you know how school years work and, and all that good stuff. But uh, nonetheless, so he's been, you know, he's, think about it, 21, that's how old you are to drink. People were born and now they can go to the bars, and that was Tom Brady's career, plus one over there. But, you know, when you look at it, a lot of people, you know, consider Tom Brady the GOAT, right? Greatest of all time or greatest quarterback of all time. Some people even throwing out uh, best athlete of all time. And when you look at Tom Brady's career, when you look at it, it's to me it's an it's kind of a fascinating, interesting conversation because it there's so many different levels to this thing. So one thing, and I might be kind of jumping back and forth in this whole thing, but that's that's the fascinating part to me, 
is just how his legacy will be viewed upon or or, or how cur- some people currently view it right now. So I kind of view it in a sense where I think a lot of people don't like Tom Brady for the same reason maybe why I didn't like Michael Jordan as a kid growing up. I, I love Michael Jordan now, but as a kid growing up, I could not stand Michael Jordan for one simple reason. And it wasn't the reason I thought of as a kid. I just, you know, you ask 10-year-old, 8-year-old, 9-year-old Dan, why don't you like Michael Jordan? Well, he's not that good at basketball. Yeah. Mature Dan? It's because he beat the living shit out of my teams. That's that's what it was. He, I was an Orlando Magic fan. I can remember one instance. It was his first year coming back where the Magic knocked out the Bulls in the postseason. And after that, there was nothing to, to brag about. He kept winning. He won. That's why I didn't like him. And maybe if you were a Knicks fan or a fellow Magic fan, uh, maybe a Pistons fan, Jazz fan especially, probably the same reason, because Jordan beat you. And I feel like that's why a good chunk, I don't want to say all, but a good chunk of, of fans right now, I mean, outside, unless you're a diehard Buffalo Bills fan or like a Jets fan or Dolphins fan, but like, you know, like maybe Packers fans in that, you, you probably didn't like Brady because, well, he just he just fucking won so much. That's what it is. He won so damn much, and you you wanted your team to be that. You're, it's a little jealousy. You know, it's like Kobe Bryant said: nobody hates the good ones; they hate the great ones. And I think that's the case. So that's that's part of it. I, I think where you know there may be some discord or some. Uh, some people not liking Tom Brady because he beat the living shit out of your teams. And he did it a lot. Ten times going to the Super Bowl. Won that thing seven times. You know, setting records. The other part in this whole thing, too, is like, I think there's a, there at least, you know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like there's some people, too, like, and this might be more in towards of, like, him being na- labeled as the greatest athlete of all time. You look at his early career. You look at him. The combine photo, right? You're looking at him and you're like, that's a guy that I think I play against every weekend in slow-pitch softball. That That's not an athlete. That's a dude that I run into the bar and play some bar league with. Slow, couldn't run. I mean, he didn't look like an athlete. When you think of best athletes, you think of Jordan and flying through the air. You think of Tiger Woods. You know, tattooing 350-yard drives and such down the fairway and lifting weights. That's what we perceive as athletes. But Tom Brady? Come on! Now, Tom Brady looks like he's in better shape. He looks like he's younger now than what he did when he first got in the league, and that's a credit to him. You know, he's got the TB12 method and all that. But I think that's so ingrained into people's minds, too. It's like, that's not supposed to be the GOAT. That's not supposed to be the greatest player. You look at him... You know, you look at him in the first part of his career, like physically. Nah, that can't. I, I refuse to believe that because that looks like a guy like me or or somebody that I play against. I think that's part of it, though, too. But the big part that I think a lot of people will maybe never give Brady that, that GOAT status or that GOAT title or the best quarterback of all time, whatever you want to phrase it, is because you got the flake gate. You know, that, that's going to be a big thing for a lot of people, Deflategate. Whatever side of the aisle you're on, whether you think it's cheating, whether you think it was overblown, you know, if that, whatever. 
I will say, like, you know, under the rules, if it's cheating, it's cheating. But it's not like other greats didn't have a checkered past or questionable or some stuff pop up. I mean, again, if you were listening to the radio show, I mentioned a couple quotes from from two other goats, Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice admitted to stick him. Joe Montana has the quote, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Said that his Niners teams tried doing stuff until they were caught. So, I mean, it, it's it's not to say everybody does it. Some people are more cleaner than others. But, I mean, that, in an instance, I think gets overblown a little bit. And I think the big part of it was that, you know, Brady was suspended for the first quarter of the season, four games. If he's not suspended, then maybe it's not viewed upon in a more negative light. You know, if he broke a rule. If he if he broke the rule, he, he deserved to, to serve the suspension, get fined, whatever. But that, to me, that's just a little bit of a blip on the radar. To me, it's just a little bit of a blip on the radar. Because I'll say this. When you factor in Spygate and, you know, some of this other stuff, everything played out the same. The amount of Super Bowls, the suspensions, the, the fines, whatever. Everything plays out the same. But put your team attached to it, whether it's Green Bay, Minnesota, everything plays out. You get everything in return, the suspensions but the championships. Would you take it? Yeah. I thought so. I'd take it. Because they ain't taking away those damn Lombardi trophies. They ain't taking away from the record books. They ain't rewriting history. They still got the damn championships. And as a fan of your favorite teams... This is one of the main things, that maybe the main thing you look at, is how many damn championships did you win? And then the other part where people are like, ah, it's Brady had Belichick, though. Who the fuck cares? Joe Montana had Bill Walsh. Bart Starr had Vince Lombardi. Terry Bradshaw had Chuck Noll. There's nothing wrong in quarterbacks and coaches, for that matter, shouldn't be diminished because of who their quarterback is or who their coach is. It's okay to have both really good at their jobs. And you know what? Those names I just mentioned, Bart Starr, Vince Lombardi, Terry Bradshaw, Chuck Noll, Bill Walsh, Joe Montana. Oh, that's right. They won multiple Super Bowls multiple Super Bowls. So maybe it does take two to tango to win multiple Super Bowls. Not just one. Not just a fluke one here or there. Multiple. And those teams I mentioned too is another another indicator that can't be just one player. Can't be just one coach. You have to have a good team overall. Those teams... Good teams overall. Good defenses. Packers. Steel Curtain. 49ers, an underrated defense. Other playmakers. Lynn Swan. Jerry Rice. Taylor. Horning. List goes on and on. So to knock Brady because he had Belichick or vice versa, depending on which side you're on, look at history. It's not like this was out of the norm. So Brady, you know, also played in an era with 24-7 coverage on everything. 
didn't start out that way with like social media and that, but now it is. So he, everybody's going to have more opinions, or at least they're going to be louder opinions on on Tom Brady. But it's interesting to me too, like with with Brady, the way he started, you know, sixth round pick, pick one ninety nine overall. Doesn't look very athletic. Looks like an average person that you'd walk down the street. You know, you walk by him, you wouldn't think he's a pro football hall of, or a uh, yeah, pro football hall of famer or starting quarterback in the league. Usually we celebrate those type of stories. Oh, pick 199, and he develops into seven-time Super Bowl champion. Usually we celebrate those. It's not the case in this one. You kind of almost wonder, like, okay, Brady, if you wouldn't have won so much, maybe the narrative is a little bit different. It's like, okay, now you're just getting cocky, man. You know, cool it. Stop winning all the time. If you want a couple, that's an awesome story. It should be added more to it. And hey, it pains me to say this because I'm a Packers fan, okay? I've seen Favre and I've seen Rodgers, two of the all time greats, two total Super Bowls, three total appearances. I'm jealous as hell as uh, of, of the career of Tom Brady had. Favre and Rodgers should have had the same thing. That's why I would trade a lot for the, for the career that Brady had to say that my team won that many times, won that many Super Bowls. I mean, good gravy. So, he's on the Mount Rushmore. Do I think he's the most talented quarterback of all time? Like, physically talented? No, I, I don't think he is. You could throw Rodgers into that conversation. Maybe Patrick Mahomes later on down the road. John Elway. You know, Favre with the arm. Steve Young. And maybe, you know, I kind of joke about it off and on, but maybe we do need to come up with that like scientific formula everybody's got a stat everybody's got a formula i'm surprised pro football focus hasn't come up with this you know they got the qbrs and and the total qbr and and all this other stuff quarterback ratings and that surprised nobody has like developed this maybe this is my opportunity too but a formula to decide who is the best of all time you know you factor in maybe championships as part of it uh records as part of it MVPs is another part of it, et cetera, et cetera. Physical skills, all that. Throw them into a mixing bowl all up in there, mold it together, and that's the best of all time. All of it in there. Because the best winner of all time is probably Brady. You know, when you build that 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 ultimate quarterback, best arm, maybe throw like Elway, Favre, Rodgers in there. You know, best mind, maybe you put Peyton Manning in there. Best leader, maybe put like a Bart Starr in there. We gotta develop that that formula where you throw it all in there and out pops the person who rated the highest in all those categories combined, and that is the GOAT of all time. For a lot of people that will be Brady. For some it won't. But you can't deny the dude won. Nobody's taking away his Super Bowl rings. Nobody's taking away those Super Bowl championships from uh from New England or the one from Tampa Bay. Not at all. But he's on the Mount Rushmore, no doubt about it. Easily on the Mount Rushmore for best players in NFL history. You know, for me, it's probably Brady, Jerry Rice, Jim Brown, and then I think LT slightly edges out Reggie White for me if I had to do the Mount Rushmore of the top four football players of all time. So, all right. Tell you what, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back 
after this quick message. Just a quick time out to remind you to subscribe and follow the Man Cave Podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. All right, back to the episode. So I've received a, a lot of a lot of questions or, or comments on my on my socials asking about card collecting. Like, because I I recently just went to to a shop here in, in town and card show at the the local mall and my little guy who's about four and a half is interested he's he's interested in like collecting stuff like whether it's like little action figures or or he calls them like uh the, these uh, slime bags you know that they're like a bag and you open it up you don't know what character you're gonna get and they come with these little like little booklets that tell you who to collect and all he calls them collector's guides so card collecting is up to his, up his alley, and he's starting to get into that. I got him a binder. We got him a binder and uh, some cards, and he's going through it every day and looking at it. And, and he wants to focus on collecting a, a couple of players. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and LeBron James are his top two. So when it's his card show, and, you know, last time I was at anything near uh, a card show was when I was a kid. And depending on where you're listening to this podcast or where you're from, it was a town in Marshfield. And they had a, a mall as well, but it was just like some table set up and in between like stores, you know, where you walk around in the mall, the mall space and that. And it's just there and, and looking at that. But I remember growing up, you know, Ben Franklin stores being the card shops. We had a old mom and pop one in, in my hometown for a little bit there that would go in there and, and buy cards. But the game has changed so much in in card collecting. I mean, you've got what, like blaster boxes and and all this other stuff. I mean, I remember as a kid just buying a box of cards or a pack of cards, and once in a while it was like a plaque with a card in there, and you just rip and op- rip open the packs. And and if you got a like a rare card or you thought it was a card that was worth money, you opened it up to to the price guide, whether it was a Beckett one or a tough tough stuff one or whatever, and you looked it up like, oh, cool, that's that's worth a few bucks. But my main thing as a kid when I was collecting those cards was I just wanted to collect cards of my favorite players. You know, that's, I, I'd buy packs. Once in a while, I bought individual cards. Like, I remember I bought a, a, a Brett Favre rookie from, from this mom-and-pop shop. And then, you know, a couple other ones, like 60 Cent, Deion Sanders Swanson, whatever have you. But I just wanted to open packs and, and find my players, my, my favorite players that I was collecting. I didn't care if it was worth a quarter or if it was worth 100 bucks. Because you opened up that pack, and, and you know my three main players I was collecting as a kid was Shaq, Penny, and Dion. You open that pack, and you're going through. Oh, fuck yeah, I got a Shaq! All right, put it in the binder. You know because your first few pages were of all the players that uh, that your favorite players that you wanted to collect. And now it's just like you can go on eBay, you can find what players you want. Oh, don't have that one, buy it, or go to these shows, or go to these card shops. Oh, buy it. You know individual ones. And you know, so I think I'm gonna get back in the game. I've got the itch. I'm, you know, I bought some cards. I bought some on eBay, but I'm, I'm kind of doing it old school. I'm kind of doing it with, with the same mindset I had as a kid. I really don't care about collecting the rare ones or, or the most expensive ones. I just want to collect players that I follow, players that maybe from my childhood or. Or, you know, just, just players I like. And that's kind of what I'm doing. Like, So I don't care if it's a dollar. If I open up a pack and it's worth a lot, awesome. 
I don't really care. I, that that's just me, and I I think that's a big thing. You know, when I was talking, uh, oh man, about a year ago with the guys from uh, the podcast uh, from the Ringer Sports Card Nonsense, and you know that was one of the things that they said was like, you know, collect what you want to collect. It's up to you. And I think that's that that hit the nail on the head. Uh, honestly, I'm not in the game to like collect and and hope to get a rare one and then turn around and sell it, et cetera, et cetera. That's, no, that, I want to like collect players that I want to collect. So that's that's kind of what I'm doing right now. So I think my game plan is this. I went through all my cards as a kid, all those binders, like six, seven binders, tubs and all that, a lot of NBA cards from the 90s. I don't know how much they're worth, if they're worth a whole lot or not, but Usually for me, I hold on to stuff. I'm kind of a hoarder, especially when it comes to sports stuff, okay? I I hoard on to a lot of shit. But I've come to the point now, like, okay, I don't need all these David Robinsons, Patrick Ewings, Carl Malone's, Akeem Olajuwon's, Jim Kelly's, Bruce Smith's, all those. Again, I don't even know if they're worth anything. I don't need them, though. Took them out of the binders, put them in storage. I'll see if they're worth anything. I'll sell them. Maybe somebody is a big collector of Patrick Ewing or something like that. I don't know. Move them on. Put them into somebody else's hands. If I get a few extra bucks, cool. Put those right back into the pot. Card fun, if you will. And I'm going to highlight on focusing, like, collecting certain players. Uh, those being Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. Uh, I, was a, I was a Reggie White collector as a kid. Unique Packers cards. Why I say unique? Because... There's like some like Lombardi cards with like patches in them or something like that. Unique like that or old school Bart Starr ones. Unique cards like that, even if they're reprints. And the ones I did hold on to, Nostalgia, the Shaq and Pennies, I held on to. I held on to my Kobe cards. I do have a couple of cool ones there that I don't want to get rid of yet. And honestly, I didn't know I had them until like last year. <laughs> kind of forgot about them. So I held on to some of those. But, you know, moving forward, I'm just going to focus on like, you know, Collecting the ones that I want to do, which means looking at individual ones, you know, dropping like two bucks for a couple of them here, there, just adding them to the collection, adding them to the pages, and then, you know, buying a pack here or there, because that's still the thrill of the hunt, I think, is opening up that pack. You know, everybody's like doing those breaks on Facebook now where you can, you know, buy a spot and open up a pack and, you know, see who's in the pack. I mean, that was my thrill as a kid. You know, you're picking out the pack underneath the counter at Ben Franklin or, you know, at the checkout line at Kmart. You get in the vehicle, open it up, and you flip through and see if you can find one of your favorite players or a really cool card in there. That's still the thrill of the hunt. So I don't want to get away from that. And that's what my little guy, that's what Hudson likes to do too, opening those packs and and finding who he's got, seeing who he's got, seeing if he was able to get an Aaron Rodgers or a Packers card or something like that. So I'm kind of doing it a twofold game plan. Looking at individual cards, not the expensive ones. You know, dropping a couple bucks here or there, adding them to the collection. I don't care if they're worth a lot or not. I just want to collect players that I want to collect or teams I want to collect. And then also buying a pack here or there too. Maybe a box, you know, like a $30 box or something like that. And then ripping open some packs, kind of going on that hunt. See who we got. And then if it's, all right, you know, I'm not interested in those guys, or, but they're worth a few bucks, turn around, maybe sell them. Then we got some fun in the card pot for, 
for uh, Dad and Hudson there. Kind of my game plan. And it's really different. Uh, I'm still adjusting to it because I feel like I do have that old school approach. That's exactly what I did in the 90s besides the selling part. But it's the the game has changed so much, and just watching that card show and seeing the wheeling and dealing, like I can't wheel and deal, I can't negotiate, I can't do that. I, I just I can't do that. So, um, it's yeah, I just that that's not my forte. That I just can't do that. So I just want to do my thing. I just want to do my thing. You know what I mean? So that's uh, that's kind of my game plan for card collecting. But hey. Anybody got any cheap Rogers Farps or anything like that? Hit me up. All right. I'm not big into trading because I I did that as a kid too. I just I I don't want to do that. I don't want to trade or anything like that. So, all right. Tell you what, we got one more segment coming up. We'll be back after this quick message. Hey everyone, Dan here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Dan Casper D A N K S P E R and hit the like and follow button on my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Casper Sports. Just wanted to end the podcast. We know what the Super Bowl matchup is. We're going to be highlighting the Super Bowl more next week in the next episode of uh, of the Man Cave podcast. But we know it's it's Rams, it's Bengals. I'll tell you right now, I'm cheering for the Bengals. I'll save my pick for next week. But you know, you you look at that matchup, or you look at the Bengals. I want to I want to give give a little love here to to the Bengals because I mean. Two years ago, they had a number one pick, right? 2019, so about three years this upcoming draft. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow's first year, tears an ACL. Second year, leads his team to, to the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow, I mean, look at this dude. Look at this dude. Look at this guy. Last couple of years, goes from, like, leaving Ohio State, his home state, college, goes to LSU, leads LSU to a national championship, then there's some people like, oh, one-year wonder, you know, that sort of thing. Gets drafted number one. And before that, he wins a Heisman. And now he could be on the verge of winning a Super Bowl all within three years. Freaking awesome. That's that's an awesome story. Say what you want, whether you're a Bengals fan or not, whether you're a Joe Burrow fan or not. That's a damn awesome story right there, man. That That's so cool. Um, but, I, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll save the pick and analyze it and all that for, for next week. But I just wanted to... Get a little shout out there for for the Super Bowl there too because, man, what a that was a that was a hell of a game too. The, you know that Bengals team coming from behind there, everybody kind of thought they were a year or two away. They were a fun team. They were an exciting team this year, but maybe just a year away, maybe a couple years away. Nope, they're in it. They're in the Super Bowl this year, baby. In it to win it. So that's that's pretty darn cool there. Pretty freaking cool right there. I'll I'll do the predictions for like. Hall of Fame and, and all that too. I'll make sure I do an earlier version of the podcast next week because they got you know the Thursday stuff and they're doing it on a Thursday of the awards and, and all that sort of stuff. You got the Pro Bowl this weekend, but Jesus, Pro Bowl is just awful. I mean, it's awful. I don't know what they can do to change it. I'd rather just watch skills competitions. I was watching some old highlights of some old skills competitions, like the quarterback ones um, from from like 2003, which. <laughs> the quarterback one there was Brady, uh, Jeff Garcia, Mark Burnell. Um, man, who are, who are some of the other ones on there? But yeah, uh, just <laughs> like wow, that was your the quarterbacks for four oh three that were there for the skills challenge. All right, cool, awesome. But no, I, you know, like the long throws back in the day with those quarterbacks. I'd love to see it like with Rodgers and Stafford and Mahomes. 
um, you know, the, the big arms quarterbacks. Let's let's see that stuff. I want to see that stuff. You know, stuff where players might not be worried about getting hurt. You know, I saw one with Russell Wilson. I'll be honest. It could have been last year. It could have been a couple years ago. I don't know because I don't pay attention to the damn Pro Bowl anymore. But there was one, like, where Russell was trying to throw it into, like, these holes in a wall or, you know, one was worth a certain amount of points and they had, like, a, a corner and a safety defending it. That eh, was not bad. But they got to pipe that up more. They got to pipe that stuff up more. I want to see skills competitions. I'd rather see skills competitions than uh, than damn Pro Bowl game where you can't tackle or hit anybody or play defense. Get get rid of the Pro Bowl. They won't because it's a money grab. Like every other sport, all star games are money grabs. And I get it. It's mostly for the kids. It's for the younger fans to watch it. So yes, I'm an old man on my front yard griping about it, but. Eh. Maybe it'll be on the TV for the kid this weekend. I don't know. I'll tell you one thing that won't be on the TV, though. Okay, really getting off on a tangent here, but anybody who knows me knows me. I like a good Bigfoot show once in a while. That I binge-watched this Bigfoot Alaska killer show. Awful. It showed promise. I'm like, okay. Kind of talking about the, the, the history of this island and and, you know, the... The, the ancestors getting, you know, chased off the island by this mysterious creature and maybe resettling it. It had a good background story to it. But then you can just tell they Hollywood that shit up. It was, they ruined it. They ruined it. So now it just left me wondering, like, are any of those stories real? Is anything on it real? It's on Discovery Plus if anybody wants to check it out. It started off good. It started off with a good backstory. But then it's like, you guys just Hollywood it. You you could tell. Way overdid it. Way overdid it. One of these days, I hope we have a very serious discussion and a very serious exploration of whether Bigfoot's out there or not. We need to have a serious, serious research exploration. Don't Hollywood it up for TV. I get it. It won't get people to tune in. But we need to do it. I don't know if I want to sign up for that, but I'd watch it. Answer the question once and for all. All right? Answer the damn question. Is Bigfoot for real? All right. Hey, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast, Man Cave Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. Don't forget, subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting platforms. And uh, hit me up with a five-star review. Please, even if you didn't like it, just do a five. Don't be a jerk so other people can find the podcast. All right, we'll chat with you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. If you are a first-time listener to the podcast, well, hopefully you liked it so you'll be back. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon. We're practically everywhere. And if you're listening to somewhere like on iTunes, don't forget to give us a good rating so other people can find the podcast as well. And and tell your friends and family about us. And if you are a regular listener to the Man Cave Podcast, hey, appreciate the support, everyone. Appreciate the support. Again, don't forget to subscribe or follow the podcast, rate us, and tell your friends about the Man Cave Podcast. I'm Dan Casper. We'll talk to you again next time.